0: Hello everybody, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depends where you are, uh, wherever you are, whenever you are. Uh, Thanks for joining and um, I'm just fixing the... Yeah, so I hope you had an interesting week and I hope you had a very nice Valentine's um we are now heading towards a week where we have that conjunction that we've promised between Venus and Mars uh, it's already started so in that sense it's actually really good because we are starting some new cycle at least with um everything that has to do with the energies of uh, um let me just make sure this is working sorry Because the live thingy is causing a little bit of an issue. Yeah, so we're on. So, yeah, I hope you had an amazing um, Valentine's because what we're having now actually is an interesting situation where we have Venus and Mars conjuncting. Venus is coming closer and closer to Mars. She's actually chasing uh, Mars That's a great name for a movie, Chasing Mars. But anyway, Venus is going to be conjunct with him this week, which is actually a very interesting um, period because, A, we are moving away from Aquarius into Pisces. We're actually doing it tomorrow officially. And we also spoke about how tomorrow, February 19, we have this rare conjunction of the North Node and Chiron Uh, again. If you look at the chart, you see that the north node passed away from it, but that's because it's the mean's um, way of looking at the nodes instead of the actual true nodes. The true nodes, the conjunction is actually today. The mean basically means that the north node is going back and forth, and and there's like an average, you can say, or a mean to look at the North Node, and that's where it is now, 18 degrees. But in the true nodes, it's 16 degrees. So it doesn't have to be so technical. But the important thing is that we are now in a period of a lot of fate, a fate that has to do with our sense of identity, fated things that must happen that are not always as pleasant, just because we're involving Chiron, which is the wounded healer. It, even the name, Wounded and Healer, it's not always uh, you know fun party time. But overall... This conjunction of Sun, Mars, and Venus with the conjunction of Chiron, the Wounded Healer, and the North Node is a very interesting opportunity for us this week. And even today, we have the Moon conjunct Vesta. So we talked about whenever there's a lot of conjunction, we're basically talking about periods where new cycles of the planets starting So the same way that Venus and Mars cycle is starting right now. Venus is the feminine energy. Mars is masculine energy. So there's something about putting together the masculine and the feminine. And don't forget that Mars is the ruler of Aries and the conjunction between Chiron and the North Node is happening in Aries. So we'll talk about that and a little bit the myth of Chiron so we can understand what's happening right now a little bit further. But we'll start off looking at what is going on For us this week. So, first of all, the biggest thing about this week is the conjunction of Venus and Mars, the conjunction of Chiron and the North Node, and the fact that we are moving into 30 days of Pisces. Uh, We've been 30 days in Cap in Aquarius, and we said it was very fundamental days of Aquarius because right now we have Pluto, Venus, Mars, Mercury, and the Sun. They're all in Aquarius. It's been like that for a few. Uh, days that we have 50 percent of the chart in Aquarius so that's a lot Uh, now the sun is going to move into Pisces where we already have Neptune the ruler of Pisces there and where we have Saturn already from last March uh, until February of 2026 in Pisces so It's definitely an interesting period right now. We had very strong emphasis on Aquarius, now going to have strong emphasis on Pisces. We're moving from the edge of Pisces to the edge of Aquarius. So between those two uh, signs, we have over 60% of the chart right now. So there's definitely this feeling of duality between wanting to be out with people, with the community, which is very Aquarius, and wanting to be inside, isolated, which is very Piscean. So we're kind of moving back and forth between science and mysticism, uh, between isolation and wanting to be with our communities. But again, Pluto, uh, Venus, Mars conjunction, which is happening right now, definitely talks about reexamining a lot of our relationship, a lot of our partnerships, partners in work, partners in life, to see what works and what doesn't really work for us. So that's the main thing this week. Also, right now, today specifically, we have a very interesting trine. We have Mercury and the Moon trining each other. It means that emotions and thoughts are flowing very well. I think I was reading about this article today that information that we receive from people we like, we tend to retain. When we hear information for people we don't like, we tend to forget it. They, they did a study right now that can explain a lot of why uh, nowadays, especially with social media, we're just forwarding, posting or reposting things that from our friends or people that think like us. And that's why it promotes this kind of one way of thinking instead of like looking at uh, different modalities or different options or different possibilities so remember we talked about how the south node is now in Libra we if we find it very hard to balance things we're much better at like very specific tunnel vision of the sun, of the North Node in Aries. And now we're told that also with connection to information, we tend to pass that information and absorb that information much more if the information comes from people we like. Now, it's kind of interesting because I thought about it. After all, I mean, we're probably programmed evolutionary to learn much more from our mother, our father, our brother, our sisters, our aunts, our grandmothers, you know, people we are in our family we're supposed to like or have affiliation with or have the same interests, so it's easier to learn from them so that we can retain that information compared to if we were programmed through evolution to retain the information from people we don't like. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But the idea is that emotions and intellect are not as separated as people thought. You know, like in the Greek tragedy, where we have reason versus passion, and it's so intense, and it creates such a deco- 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 economy decon- 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 that, that it that it's so interesting that it creates things like antagony and um, other plays, you know. So that duality might not be basically a zero-one situation, but much more fuzzy. So that's what's happening today. We have some really nice, con- uh, let's say, trine between Mercury in Aquarius, which he loves to be, which has to do a lot with intellect and information and data, and the Moon. On top of Vesta, which is much more emotional and sensitive, that trine is really positive. So you're going to have a lot of insights today. And, you know, Vesta represents good things that happen in in tradition that we can carry with us into uh, the here and now basically the virgins of vesta were in charge of keeping the flame the flame represents wisdom or light from the past not darkness of the past that we're trying to sustain but light from the past that we're trying to pass on you know mimicking the energy of the sun the light that came yesterday will come again today so it's honoring that element of the ever flame uh, that flame that maybe Pitha- uh, Prometheus got from us, stole from the gods to give humanity. So that flame of creativity is being touched today by the moon. It happens once a year, but uh, sorry, once a month. But the fact that it's trining Mars, it's trining the sun is really, really positive, trining Mercury. That creates that trine that you see there on the chart if you're looking at the Zoom. And you're also going to have the South Node involved. So we have a lot of lessons from past lifetimes enhancing our emotional expression and giving it a beautiful trine to Mercury, which has to do with communication, networking, um, everything has to do with the mind. So the mind and the heart can actually link today. So Especially because the moon is in Gemini, it just means that flows information flows much, much better. Tomorrow, the energy shifts as the moon and the sun are moving from dryness into wetness. It's moving from air to water. So tomorrow, on Monday, the day of the moon, we have something interesting happening because what's happening that day specifically is the sun moving from Aquarius, where it's been for 30 days. Very dry, very a a very impersonal, you can say, very much about friends, community, into Pisces, which is more mystical, more imaginative, more poetic. At the same time, the moon, which you just mentioned, is moving from Gemini, which is, again, air and dry, into Cancer, which is all about emotions, family Uh, nurturing people, nurturing ourselves everything it has to do with uh, home, family, real estate that kind of energy, so that's what we're having uh, tomorrow, it's a very uh, pivotal stage because even when the sun moves from one sign to the other, it's like we're moving to a different country. We're touring, and every year we visit a different, there's only 12 countries. Every year we visit each country for a month. You know, like we're constantly traveling, which is what we are on the planet Earth. We are orbiting around the sun. The sun is orbiting around the galaxy and so forth. So we are tourists, cosmic tourists. So what's happening tomorrow is not only the sun is moving, but also the moon is moving, and they're moving to the same element. That's why they maintain that beautiful trine, and when the sun and the moon are trining which is happening a little bit today tomorrow a little bit in tuesday it's always good news its mother and father getting along you know there's no one i don't know any kids who are not happy when mother and father are kind of uh, on the same page or together or smiling at each other it feels secure, it feels safe. So tomorrow there is something that makes us feel like mommy and daddy are together and making us feel safe. That's the sun moving into Pisces for 30 days and the moon moving into Cancer for two and a half days. But still, in those two and a half days, we're kind of dipping ourselves in the cosmic water. And there is much more connection to compassion, great energy for real estate, home, family, overcoming issues that you might have from your home and family. And that trine is, again, sending beautiful energy because we have the sun and Saturn uh, sending a trine to the moon, which is really positive. And at the same time, Mercury is still sending a trine to Vesta. So we still have the ability to tap into information that we need, information that we might have had in the past, or it's running down the generation, intergenerational transfer. It doesn't always have to be bad things. It's information. Your information could be a trauma because it's an intense information, or it could be also talents that are lurking in our DNA and want to have some kind of expression. So again, tomorrow... Ancestral karma is coming our way, but in a good way. There is a lot of um, energy of Mercury uh, that is working very positive with Vesta. Again, information from the past is coming into uh, coming down to us, and the other thing that we have is Mercury is still sending a beautiful trine to the South Node and a sextile to the North Node. So that's always good. Information is flowing. Uh, Venus is almost touching Mars. That's going to happen more in Tuesday on the day of Mars and Wednesday. But we're feeling that tension of Venus kind of uh, asking Mars again and again if she's going to go out with him or, or she's trying to knock on his door right now to take him out on a date. So Venus is approaching Mars. She's just been to Pluto. So she's loaded with very um, sexual intense energy because first conjunction was for her with Uh, with Pluto, and now she's going to be moving and that information bring down uh, to Mars. Now, besides that, the moon being zero degrees Pisces is very important for us on Monday, Tuesday, because that's the essence of your piscean So again, the law of beginning. When the sun moves to a different sign, like tomorrow... Whatever is happening to you tomorrow is guiding the next 30 days. It's like the overture of the uh, opera, of the uh, uh, piece of music that you're listening to. So you're going to have everything like lined up tomorrow, almost like a concentrated. Um, then you just have to add water and you get the cake. You know. So what you have tomorrow, the day after, is an indication, a sample, a preview of how the sun in Pisces in the next 30 days up until the equinox will affect you. So it's going to be very important to pay attention tomorrow. Again, Pisces. Pisces has to do with mysticism, intuition, meditation, dance, movement, um, anything to do with your ability to take your imagination and make it more pragmatic, practical, especially with Saturn being also in Pisces. Saturn in Pisces just helps freeze and galvanize and crystallize whatever is going on with Pisces. And because we have Neptune already in Pisces since 2012 and for the next year or so, it helps tapping into the energy of Pisces. So the sun, every year when it moves into Pisces, it's, it's a good thing. This year, what's happening is definitely the fact that it, the sun is moving there with the blessing from the moon. is really good for the next 30 days. It's going to help us tap into those qualities of Pisces. But anything you can do with imagination, going back to yoga, if you slacked in your yoga, anything to do with movement, like we said, dance, imagination, imagery poetry working with your dreams that's going to be really positive just be careful of any kind of dependency codependency lack of boundaries addictions which is self and self undoing self-destructiveness is part of the dark side of Pisces and what can we do when the sun travels into Pisces it's like traveling And going to, I don't know, Mexico, beautiful pyramid, amazing uh, landscape, amazing people, amazing food. But yeah, there is the Narcos, there's every place there is some issues, you know. So the same thing when we're now visiting the lands of Pisces, there is some issues there. But uh, we've been dealing with issues of Pisces since March of 2023, So you should be aware of what is demanded of you. But even if you look at the chart itself, you see how much blue energy there is compared to red energy, which means that things can flow this week. If we look at February 20th, um, February 20th is a Tuesday, and that is Venus is still chasing Mars. She's about to catch with him. It's officially a conjunction for sure, but the conjunction is going to be more tight on Wednesday. But again, if you are into dating or wanting to meet people or wanting to have new ideas about how to make money and how to actively uh, look for uh, uh, new sources of income, that's actually pretty good. February 20th, 21, uh, just because Venus and Mars are going to be conjunct, Mercury is getting beautiful energy as well over the chart. So we still have a great deal of emphasis in uh, Aquarius for the next few days. We have 40% of the chart in Aquarius. Tuesday, the moon is still in Pisces, and she's sending beautiful energy to Saturn, beautiful energy to Neptune. Tuesday is a great day for dreaming, getting information, intuition, gut feelings. All of those energies are really blessing uh, our existence. So Tuesday, very emotional day, but in a good way. It flows pretty well. Um, Besides that, we don't have um, that much opposition. Yeah, so that's actually flowing pretty well. Even the black moon and the light moon are working well on that day. So um, in general, we have Tuesday flowing. And what's happening on Wednesday, the moon is still in Cancer. And Venus and Mars, yeah, Venus is chasing Mars, getting closer and closer. She's only 20 20 minutes away. But we can definitely declare Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday The days this week when Venus and Mars are conjunct, whenever they're conjunct, it's great for lovers. You know, the cosmic lovers are coming together. Uh, According to the myth, when they did meet together and made love, Harmonia was their daughter. So um, there is the possibility for harmony. What's happening in Wednesday, though, or more in Thursday, is that we're starting to get a conjunction between the sun and Saturn. That happens once every year. And now it's always happening in, in Pisces because Saturn is in Pisces. So the, next, uh, the second part of the week, next week also, is guided by that conjunction. It's going to be official in six days from Wednesday. So that's what I'm saying. End of this week, beginning of next week, Saturn on top of the sun. Yeah, it's not easy. It's uh, issues with father figures, figures of authority with your own father, um, issue as a father, things that have to do with pressure extra responsibility your ability to remain calm is tested just feeling that everything is heavier so it's just more re- issues with responsibilities and also the sun and um and minerva are, are squaring saturn and minerva are squaring right now so it means that it's very hard for us to build a strategy or to see how we can overcome a certain uh, battle that seems to be impossible so just have more patience with yourself Again, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is really good because Venus is going to be conjuncting Mars. That's regardless. But as we get closer to the weekend, you're going to start feeling that heaviness of the sun being on Saturn. The good aspect of it is discipline, persistence, endurance. And that's actually a good time, even though Minerva is not with us, the goddess of strategy, to make plans towards the future, like what you want to achieve in the next year. The moon is the end of Pisces, moving into Leo on February 21st. But on February uh, 24th, it's a Thursday. Officially, you see Venus and Mars are precisely seven degrees uh, Aquarius. It's interesting that they're meeting on seven, which is the the number of um, uh, relationships. And the Sabian symbols, beautifully, beautifully gowned wax figures. That's the Sabian symbol of 7 degrees Aquarius. But Mars and Venus coming together on Thursday. Again, really good for finance, really good for art, design, for relationship, for partnership. Those things are really very, very positive for that. And uh, the sun is coming closer and closer, like I told you, to Saturn. That's the biggest uh, thing we have. Uh, Besides that, the moon is moved into Leo on Thursday and Friday and some of Saturday. That's always a fun moon. The moon is sending a beautiful energy to um, Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. So there's a lot of wisdom coming from women to women, through women. And then the moon is sending a trine towards Chiron and the wounded healer, uh, which is the wounded healer and the North Node. So again, it's interesting that we're going to have that conjunction of Chiron and the North Node, which basically talks about fate and healing coming together so you might be fated to have a certain issue or a wound surface so that you can actually fix it and the North Node represents the ability to ride the karma to, to move it to directions that we want not to be so much influenced by the past and Chiron talks about the force of um, healing and teaching actually we'll see Chiron was an astrologer he was a herbalist he was the first pharmacist he was the first surgeon so he understood how to heal people without having to cut them up but if they needed to be cut up he knew what to do so that energy is definitely focused this week on Fate, meaning that you have the ability to steer the direction of your healing. And because it's happening in Aries, Aries is all about identity. It's all about your body. It's all about leadership. It's about reexamining who you are and reinventing yourself, rebranding yourself, winning the battle, uh, liberating yourself, oneness. All of those things are very much associated with Aries. So again, the fact that we do have the moon sending help uh, to that with Minerva. You see that beautiful trine forming between Minerva, the North Node in Chiron, and the moon, especially on Thursday. So Thursday is a really interesting day of a lot of healing, a lot of connection to home and family, but also love. Moon Leo. Leo is the sign of love. The moon there means that we're open to that. It is happening right at the time that Venus and Mars are coming together and the moon is going to be opposite to Venus and Mars. So it could be that your family does not approve of uh, your relationship or it could be also that um, your relationship and your partnership are in opposition with some family members or your even genetics or your family uh, line. So it could be a little bit of a pushback between, you know, and for a woman, women, it could be a difficult between an older woman and a younger woman. A mother and a daughter even if it's a symbolic relationship of those two but regardless there is a lot of healing and if we look at february 23rd it's a friday Uh, On the 23rd, we still have the conjunction, like I promised, of Venus and Mars, but it's fading, maybe making it a little bit less strong. So there's still violence around uh, playing in your date, but the violins are getting a little bit further away. The mariachis are not as loud, you know, so it goes a little bit away. And we also have Mercury moving signs. So Mercury is joining uh, the Sun and and Saturn and Neptune. In Pisces. So he's leaving the gang of Aquarius and pushing himself into Pisces. Mercury doesn't like to be in Pisces the same way that your iPhone uh, or your smartphone doesn't like to be in the toilet or your computer does not like to drink tea. So there is some opposition there between Mercury, who loves to be in Virgo, the opposite sign, and when he's in Pisces, he's considered to be fallen. He's not getting his best uh, ability to transfer or to transmit information. So the next three weeks, information is not going to flow that well. It's almost a mini Saturn return. Whenever Mercury is in in Pisces, it feels almost like Saturn return. There is too much confusion. Uh, There is inability to discern things. It's not as sharp. But on the other hand, anything to do with channeling, with healing, with telepathy, with telekinesis, all of those things are much higher. So you can use the Mercury in Pisces to really listen to your intuition, to work much more with your gut feelings. Uh, to connect to channeling much more. And again, Mercury is going to be conjuncting the Sun and Saturn Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's actually good to getting information that you need, that it might not be logical, but might be emotional and and, and, and psychic. So that could give you a lot of help. And again, the next few weeks, we have 40% of the chart in Pisces, quite a lot of Pisces. And when Saturn is in Pisces, it helps you work with it in a practical way. The moon is Friday is still in Leo, but when it's going to move into Virgo, which is happening on Saturday, we're going to have the official full moon. And the full moon is going to be in five degrees uh, Pisces, uh, sorry, five degrees Virgo. uh, And the full moon is called a merry-go-round full moon. Um, Again, it doesn't sound that bad. It's on a Saturday. Maybe you should go to the theme park or the Luna Park. But the full moon on Saturday... Is the full moon that is opposite to the harvest full moon, so it's kind of an important full moon, and it is the last. Is it the last full moon? I think it is the last. Yeah, it is the last full moon of um, the astrological year because we start the astrology year on March twenty-first on the equinox, so this represents the last full moon of the end of the astrological year. So. Leading up to Saturday, it's a great opportunity to cut things out, to let go, to complete something, whatever you don't want to bring over to the next astrological year that starts, like we said, March 21, a great time for a detox. Moon in Virgo is all about detoxing, connecting to work, service, health, diet, your routine. And if we look, we have the black moon in Virgo. We have the light moon in Virgo. Sunday, Next Sunday could be a little bit more touchy emotionally because the moon is going to be touching the black moon. And it could create a lot of emotional turmoil. That's going to be Sunday, February 25. But Saturday is an end of something. It's a completion. It's a period of cutting away, saying goodbye letting go the fact that the moon is opposite to the sun opposite to mercury opposite to saturn is gonna be not the easiest full moon so yeah uh, you're gonna have to buckle up it could be very emotional there could be a lot of criticism a lot of perfectionism a lot of uh um feeling of uh a kind of being pushed and pulled in different directions so again this is not an easy full moon but it's a full moon that can help you get rid of things. It's a full moon of learning how to say no, how to cut uh, something. And also, not a bad time to start a diet or complete a diet. But there is something in your work even that can get into completion, that can be really done with. And again, because the um, North Node and Sat and kiron are going to be even conjuncting, again, even the means North Node, that's happening in the weekend, We're talking about this whole week up until, let's say, Monday, Tuesday, next Monday, Tuesday. It is a time of healing. It is a time of uh, open heart surgery, open soul surgery, in a sense. So definitely pay attention. If we look at Sunday, uh, February 25, we have the sun really trying to conjunct Saturn. Mercury is conjuncting the sun. I think they're going to all come together into this stellium on Wednesday, February 28th. So February 28th, Wednesday, next Wednesday is a very important time. There is a lot of that uh, conjunction, three planets conjuncting together, especially with Saturn. It's a big deal. But Sunday, the moon is going to be on top of the black moon. So pay pay attention from gossip, bad-mouthing, slandering or being caught up by it, or defaming, or anything like that. It's going to be a little bit tougher, again, because Mercury can't really help us. And Mercury, anyway, and the Sun and Saturn are squaring Minerva. There is less wisdom happening on Sunday. So the owl of Minerva is not flying, he's sleeping. So just pay a little bit more attention to that. That being said, on Sunday, the 25th of February, we do have a beautiful trine between Jupiter, the moon, Uranus. So there could be a lot of really good ideas happening on Sunday, uh, really good ways of working with technology, innovation. So let's see what we are having um, uh, today. I wanted to talk a little bit about Chiron. By the way, I I know some of you guys joined the last minute uh, the tarot card uh, class, we're starting it. We started it on Wednesday and whoever joins, I can still send you what we did last week. We just did an introduction. But if you want to join us, you can still join us. There is the link uh, on my site, uh, on my, um, uh, on in Zoom, in the chats and in Instagram. You can see it in the bio. And we're going to have eight weeks of those. And if you join us, just get the Toth deck or the Crawley deck eh, so you can have it. And we are doing it Wednesday. Wednesday is the real official start. So again, you can still join us. So I wanted to talk about Chiron. Chiron is one of my favorite characters, I think, in uh, the Greek mythology. And the reason why we need to talk to him about, about him today is because, first of all, we did talk about him in 2020 quite a lot. If you remember, there was a study the mathematician did here in the United States that he could predict that 2020 is going to be a very termo- termo- termotuous, no, um, it's going to be a powerful year because every 50 years there's something that happens that creates social unrest in United States and then I tied it to the uh, link to to Kiron Kiron is the wounded healer his cycle is 50 years so that's why you're going through your Kiron return at the age of 50 at the age of 100 or a country can go through it or a city or a company can go through it. And it's a time of fate. It's a time of looking at left and right, uh, deciding what I've done for the last 50 years and where I'm going for the 50 years. That's why people around the age of 50 are going through their cure on return, which is a very uh, powerful time of change. A lot of people are changing around the age of 50. But anyway, what is Chiron's um, story? You can see him here. He's a half-horse, half-human. He's a centaur. Uh, that, that's a beautiful um, image of Chiron and Peleus with uh, Achilles. And the interesting thing about Chiron is that his lineage is different than the regular centaurs that are what we used to seeing as a half-horse, half-human. And the way you see it differently is because Chiron is usually depicted with human legs, not with horse legs. So he has this back horses yes horse legs but the front legs are human legs and he's considered to be uh, the god of um or the he's not really a god but let's say he's um he's yeah he's a demigod i guess or maybe he is some kind of a god or in between but anyway what he is is half horse half human we'll see why in a second it was a little accident but uh, he was fostered we talked about him quite a lot here by apollo the god of the sun and his twin sister artemis the goddess of the moon And each one of them gave him skills. So, for example, Apollo gave him medicine, herbs, music, archery, hunting, gymnastics. I don't know how the horse did gymnastics so well, uh, especially with human legs. I mean, maybe there is special gymnastics. Uh, Prophecy, the biggest thing, the ability to see the future. That's, uh, by the way, a gift uh, of Apollo. Maybe because Apollo was the god of the sun and nothing can hide um, from the sun. And it's funny because he's a half-halfling. What I want to say is that halfling would be a centaur because it's half-horse, half-human. But this guy is a half-horse, fully human. So it's kind of a half-halfling. He's not completely that. His front legs are human. A lot of time it shows. In order to make him different than the regular centaurs. Now, who he is? He is actually the son of um, Kronos. So... um, or let's say before that, uh, here you can see him again with Achilles and you can also uh, identify Chiron because, A, you see his normal legs, human legs compared to legs of a horse. And you also always have a branch with dead rabbits on top of it, which basically means that he's a master of hunting and also that he's on good term with his stepmother or his adopted mother Artemis who, remember, had something with hares? If you remember also at the beginning of the Iliad and the winds that could not be quieted until Artemis got the sacrifice of the daughter of Agamemnon. And, of course, it was because they killed a pregnant hare. And anything pregnant, uh, killing anything pregnant, is considered to be a taboo in uh, ancient Greece. And, of course, Artemis was the goddess of hunting, but she was also the goddess of childbirthing. So it's kind of interesting. But um, anyway, he was um, the teacher of the god of medicine. He was the teacher of Achilles, the great warrior of Jason, of Patroclus, Medeus. So there's a lot of uh, all the who and who. He was the ivy school, uh, basically, of the ancient world. And um, it all started with some horseplay, because what was going on is that one of the 3,000. Oceanid um, a daughter, the daughters of Oceanid. Uh, Oceanid was the first titan to be born, and he was the titan of the ocean. And again, it's really interesting how the Greek me- or people that wrote the Greek mythology, either they meditated really deep or they were so connected, because, you know, the first thing that Uranus and uh, Ga- Gaia made are the uh, giants, which represents force, brute forces like earthquakes and storms. And also the twelve titans that represent more order. Each one of them was in charge of something that there's some kind of order there's some bureaucracy there and the first one was oceanid and oceanid was of course the god of the ocean now it's really interesting because somehow they could tap to the knowledge that we're just now getting to know uh, in science that water is older than the sun so even hyperion the titan was born after the ocean So it's interesting that they somehow recognize the fact that the ocean water on Earth is older than the sun because it came from asteroids and the asteroid came from space and they could have come from before the sun was created. So anyway, one of the 3,000 daughters of um, Oceanid, Filira, filira, uh, Filira, 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 something like that. I can't pronounce it the right way. Anyway, Kronos, the Lord of Time, uh, the youngest of the Titans, fell in love with her and uh, basically his niece. And he uh, um, made love with her, I don't know, raped her, whatever you want to see, whatever version. According to this version, uh, they were horsing around a little bit. And then Rhea, of course, uh, came after her husband, Kronos. And the minute he saw her, he transformed into a horse so he can run away. But he was already uh, inside uh which basically means that she got kind of a mixture of sperm from a horse and a sperm from a god you know it's like it was kind of mixed somehow and that's why she gave birth to uh, Chiron Chiron basically means hands because he later on became a surgeon or maybe because he played music so well or he just knew how to use his hands but anyway he was um they was given uh, he was born Chiron and His mother was so ashamed of him and the way he looked, it looked like a monster. She abandoned him, she rejected him, and she asked the gods to transform her to whatever they can uh, that is not human, and they transformed her into the linden uh, tree. So that's what happened. Then the baby, the Chiron, started crying, and Artemis and Apollo adopted him, and Artemis gave him the ability uh, to connect to... um, um, to hunting, of course, because she's the goddess of hunting, to archery, to herbs. She's the goddess of Virgo. So there could be very much connection there connection there to herbs and, and pharmaceutical. And Apollo gave him, like we said, music, the lyre, medicine, prophecy. And he was very much known for his kindness. So we're talking about an archetype of the wounded healer. Because what happened eventually, because he had so many students, According, uh, one of them is uh, Hercules, and Hercules one day came with his sword still tainted with a little bit of poison. And when he, by mistake, his friendly fire, you can call it, hit or, or touched Chiron's ankle, he uh, got injured by this Poison, He could not be healed because there is no antidote to that poison, but the gods gave him immortality. And that immortality was given to him because of his injury, not in spite. So what it means is that wherever you have your injury, whatever you have been hit by a poison that has no medicine... That's the place where you're going to be remembered. That's the place where you're going to be immortal. Your imperfection is what makes you perfect. That's the story of the wounded healer. Everybody has the wounded healer someplace in their chart. And that sign in that house where you have it represents where you will be remembered, where you will become um, immortal, meaning that after your death, people will still talk about you or read you or know about the things you've done or influenced by projects or things that you've created, so again, wherever you have the Chiron, the wounded healer, is where you have a scar, where you have a certain thing that does not completely heal, but that makes you immortal. That's going to be your mark in the world. So you can always look to see where you have Chiron, what house you have it, what sign you have it, um, and to to understand a little bit more in what way are you influenced by the wounded healer archetype. Maybe you have it in the first house. You are a wounded healer. For example, the reason why maybe I love Kieran so much is that not only is it in my first house, it sits on top of my rising sign that represents who I am. So in many ways, I am supposed to be the wounded healer. Maybe my job is to give healing to a lot of people and not be healed by the same kind of healing. And it's kind of true because I help a lot of people with astrology, but I'm not very much looking at my chart every day to see what's happening. You know, but... The concept is that if you have it, for example, in the second house, you have to deal a lot with issues of values and money and your talents and your self-worth. Those could be the things you'll be remembered for, but also the thing you have the most amount of struggle with. And when we have now Chiron on top of the North Node, and the North Node is a free will aspect because it is helping you deal with karma, but directing it the way you want to. The fact that we have it now in Aries, which is the sign of warriors and the sign of all of these characters like Achilles and Patroclus and Hercules that came to learn and study with um, Chiron, is a very powerful time to really know what is going on with your wounds. Now, people ask how you can find out where you have Chiron. If you go to um, any kind of... uh, um, generator of charts if you go to my website cosmicnavigator.com under under, uh, learn there is a tab there to create your chart to make your chart you can go there and you'll see where you have Kiron it will tell you Kiron looks like a a key which is not for uh, coincidence because it's the key to unfold your potential so again Kiron in your chart that's where you felt abandoned that's where you felt not connected to uh, even your own Self, you know, for example, again, when I have my Kiron in the first house, when I was growing up when I was six, seven, eight, I was absolutely sure I was adopted. I had this feeling that my my true mother and father had abandoned me, and that my parents uh, adopted me, and every time somebody said, "Oh, you look like your mother, oh you have your father's eye, I got really angry because don't they know i'm adopted? These are not my parents, so that's maybe an example of Kiron in the first house because remember we said Kiron was abandoned by his mother, she was discussed by him. And therefore, he was adopted by the moon and the sun. This is, again, really beautiful that Apollo and Artemis decided to uh, adopt him. Again, don't forget that she is the goddess of childbirthing and the moon, which has to do a lot with the womb. And he is the god of the sun. He's a he's a healer. And on top of everything, he's also... Um, a prophet, so he could tell, okay, I know this little kid, he might look a little bit ugly and weird because he has these legs and he's not really a horse, he's not really a human, but man, this guy is going to make a big difference on the planet, I'm going to adopt him, I'm going to make sure that he's set in the right direction, and that also tells you something interesting about genes and environment, so yes, I mean, come on, he had good genes from Kronos at least, um, Chiron, but still, it is Apollo's gifts and Artemis' gifts that guided him, not Cronus' gifts. So it's not like Chiron is very famous for being an agricultural god or a god of time. Not at all. But he is a god of healing. He is a god of archery. He is a god of uh, herbs. He got all of his qualities from his adopted foster parents, not from his biological intergenerational transfer issues. You know, so that's also interesting to look at. Again, more free will to be adopted in a sense by the sun and the moon right now for you. So, again, look where you have the sun and where you have, sorry, uh, the, um, where you have Chiron and try to see what is the connection between Chiron and your sun and your moon. If there is any kind of uh, association between them with the sign or the elements. Now, the beautiful thing about Chiron that he eventually sacrificed himself like any good story so Chiron who was the master of uh, healing art could not heal himself so he willingly gave up his immortality that he was granted by the gods to save or to trade himself with Prometheus remember we talked about Prometheus bringing uh, the fire of the gods to humanity Prometheus supposedly created humanity not Zeus and therefore he wanted to keep us warm warm in our heart creativity warm with our body that's the fire so he gave us the fires of the gods it's interesting i always looked at prometheus as a sagittarius because sagittarius is a mutable fire it's a fire that moves from one place to the other and then chiron of course is a centaur half horse half human which is the symbol of sagittarius so we're all talking about a very archetypal sagittarius story and he basically gave himself uh, his life to free prometheus Prometheus was freed, and eventually the gods were so touched by his gesture, by Chiron's gesture, that they made him the constellation Centaurus. It's not Sagittarius. There is a Sagittarius constellation, but there is Centaurus. And the notable stars in um, Centaurus is Alpha Centauri, uh, Beta Centauri, Omega Centauri, and it's actually the um, nearest star, to our system, to our solar system, is Alpha Centauri. So it's kind of interesting that Chiron moved to the skies, but he's not that far. He's always there uh, within reach, you know, ambulance or uh, uh, just a call to the doctor. He's there. And this, uh, for example, if you want to see in the sky, it looks like a box kind of with a handle. That's towers. and here you see the old uh, depiction of it. So any questions about what we talked about today, about the Centaur, um, about um, Kiron, what to do with Kiron? I'm also looking at uh, uh, the live Instagram. If you guys have any questions, uh, please let me know. Again, you can join our tarot cards. We have eight weeks. We're going to talk about the major arcana, minor arcana. We're going to have a lot of different spreads. Uh, how to use also the tarot with your dreams and how it can affect your dreams in a good way. And we basically approach it like instead of the story of the hero or the hero's journey, we talk about the journey of the fool. So every Wednesday and we have a recording. So that's always possible. Kiron in the 11th house. Yeah, I mean, overall, the 11th house has to do with issues with friends, people, communities, groups, you always look. It's very easy to look. You basically can look online and see what is the third house, the fourth house. Or if you have my book, Cosmic Navigator, I talk all about that. And then you just add issues, Kiron. So if Chiron is the 11th house, of course, it's um, either friends that are wounded. So you have a lot of wounded healer friends or that you uh, can heal friends and communities, or that you've been injured by a group or a government or organization or corporation that can cause a little bit more difficulties. Um, yeah, if you want to join the tarot card, it's on my website. Um, you can just click there, or you can go on the live Instagram link in Instagram. It should lead to uh, Gaz appearances or workshops, and you can click on it so um again thanks a lot for making it Uh, i hope you have a good week with the conjunction of the sun and venus uh, sorry venus and mars so that should be a really positive thing for you guys especially for relationships again thanks a lot for making it and um, have an amazing week